Well, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity uh, for me. Mike and I have uh, been knowing each other for about 25 years now. Uh, and uh, anyway, it was since uh, Travis graduated high school and went on his first DTS, uh, Discipleship Training School with YWAM. And uh, Mike was one of those guys that uh, invited a YWAM group to his church. And when they got finished, Mike packed up and left with them. <laughs> and of course, there's a few little things that had to happen. But anyway, that's basically what happened. And uh, so Mike's been a part of uh, my family. And he's been a, it's been a blessing. It's been a wonderful time. And uh, so, Mike, come on up here. And uh, I'm going to put you up there. All right. Love you, brother. <clears throat> well. I used his sawmill to cut the material out from my house. His dad was still alive then. And uh, we've had uh, spent a lot of nights together uh, in Bulgaria and here in the States as well. Made some trips across the country together, not just around the world. But uh, good things, Mike. Yeah. So are you on? Put that thing on. Yeah, you turn around. Okay. So, uh, Mike's wife's not able to be here today. She's at home. She's at the house. And uh, she's fighting with some stuff, and, and we want to uh, connect everybody here to fight that good fight of faith with her uh, so that she's able to breathe uh, clear and good. Some of you know what that's like when you can't. And uh, so, and also waiting a uh, report that they had to go to the doctor uh, for this week, and we're claiming healing and blessing there Amen. as well. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, Thank so, you, Jesus. And some of you know about that a little bit, and you can ask more later on, but uh, anyway, if you don't. So, Mike has... Uh, his two daughters here, Amber and Tori, Tori and Amber, that's the way it goes. Tori and Amber. Children, uh, their children, Mike's grandchildren, and friends. And, uh, and we're so happy. And, uh, uh, Addie, uh, is, there she is. She's the one in YWAM now. Starting again, huh? That's good. She's in YWAM over at Asheville. That's where Travis was at Asheville as well. As a matter of fact, the gal that is her DTS teacher, is that right? How is she coordinator? How is the base leader, okay, was uh, also in Travis's uh, first time around. So isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. That's right. So here it is. Our families are coming around together and growing together and loving together and we're just giving God praise and glory. And Mike, Thank you. love you. Love you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Boy, so good to see God's people worship. Talk about our daddy. You know, a lot of daddies in here. And uh, we need more. We, uh, we live in a world that needs fathers. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you are, keep being a daddy. Be a big daddy. Because we've got a lot of kids. Our, words, our world's hurting. And, uh, and you are, for such a time as this, God wants to use you. Okay? And uh, I'll talk a little bit. About the gypsies that we work with, uh, 
Bob said we kind of sold everything and left. Uh, I guess we had a little gypsy in us, too. Uh, thank you, sir. Probably need another box, too. Uh, but no, I wanna, I'm here to encourage you about the call of God on your life. I'm here to tell you that um, there's some magnificent things that God wants to do in you today. And the Lord has a word for you today that um, it's not just about Bulgaria. Bulgaria is what I do. And I'm going to share with you what we do in Bulgaria. And it's what he does all over the world. God's just loving kids, tell them who they are and encourage them. And so, gypsies love fire. I just want you to know that. Uh, 911 won't work in Bulgaria. <laughs> they won't call. <laughs> If they're bored, uh, they say, let's go out on the street and, and somebody get a tire. We're going to light that baby off tonight. Uh, and it's a good time. Marshmallows, we don't do, but uh, fire's important in the village. Uh, I want to share with you. Will you put up that, that, that one of the dresses with the little girls, Joe? Uh, we, uh, we work with a ministry... Uh, called Dress the Girls. And it's, and it's about 40 or 50 women that have uh, long since passed retirement, most of them in their 80s and 90s. And they sew these dresses for girls all over the world. And, uh, and this is two of the girls in the village. Uh, they only bring these out when it's really a, a really significant thing. They, they hide these kind of for the special occasions. And, uh, it's, it's neat to see in the days we live in that um, no matter how old you are or how young you are, God has a ministry for you. He's using you in these days we live in. And my job today is to encourage you in your calling. For you to see what God wants to use you in these days we live in. And don't tell me you're too old. Joshua and Caleb were still fighting when they were 80. Amen? And sometimes our battles are spiritual, not so much physical. And so you have the significance in these days to really love on people that, that need you so bad. I want to brag on my wife a little bit. Uh, she has most of the ministry going on with, with the young girls at the, in the village. Uh, if you don't know, gypsies come from, from Egypt about a thousand years ago or northern India. And for a thousand years, they've been a hated race of people in, in Europe, and not much has changed. Uh, most of the kids, uh, we try to stay keep in school, but we haven't been uh, extremely successful. Uh, most of the kids will get married between 13 and 15 years old, and then they move in with their parents, and then the cycle of poverty starts all over again. So we've started building some greenhouses, because work is one of the greatest needs in the village. Uh, the, uh, some of the hardest working people you ever meet in your life. But they make about, it's called lev, 20 lev a day, uh, which equates out to about $14. Uh, a pack of cigarettes is five lev. A loaf of bread is one, a little bit of salami, uh, and your paycheck's gone. And we have to pay every day. Because there's, there's no reserve. There's nothing else left. And so, a lot of the kids you see on these pictures are mama or prostitutes. And the daddy's a pimp. And they're precious. And they take a lot of harassment from the other kids because of what their mama does. That little fellow you saw there uh, in the first picture just before, his name's Donnie. Donnie's only alive because he can run faster than me. <laughs> He's without a doubt the honoriest kid I've ever met in my life. Uh, he goes in the greenhouses and he looks at me and he says, watch this. And he'll shake the tomatoes off the vines when they're green. And, and so he knows I can't catch him, so I have to hide from him. And catch him when he's not looking. Uh, but Donnie is a street kid. 
He doesn't have a dad that takes care of him. His grandma tries to do the best she can. But the problem is with the kids in the village is that when a kid turns about four or five, the, the parents quit parenting. And the street raises the kids. And so this has been happening for a thousand years. And, and what you have is a generation of people that are lost and haven't foundations. They haven't, they haven't understood the love of Jesus. But whenever someone of these kids, they start talking and they start believing that they're loved by their, by their heavenly father, there's a transformation that takes place. And so I just want to encourage you today that the same transformation we're seeing there, God wants to do the same transformation here. God needs us in America, too. He really needs us to be mommies and daddies to a lost and dying generation of kids. I live in a town in Appalachia, our hometown. We've lost 50 kids this year just to heroin overdoses. And we're not a big town. About 10 or, 10 or 12,000 people. It's not unusual for the, for the uh, first responders to have 10, 12 overdoses a day. And it's paralyzed our city. And so we have such a need here and abroad for God to do it. But all God wants you to be a missionary is that you do what he's called you to do. A missionary is just a sent one. And every one of you are just as sent as anyone else. Amen. We, uh, we built a swing set, thought that'd be a good idea. Uh, Good ideas aren't always wise. Uh, um, I'm the bouncer on the playground. Uh, uh, the way gypsy kids get what they want is, is they, whoever yells the loudest and punches the hardest wins. So, but now we, where they're learning, hey, Mike, you better come pray. Oh, motion be team lead for cigar because no problem, cigar. The kids are saying, please come pray because this isn't good. Uh, and so, I just want to talk to you about what God's getting ready to do in these days that we live in. That the stage is set. We're living in the days when, when the prophet Joel talked about old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. We are in those days. It's been the last days ever since Paul talked about them. You know, we are it. And so I want to encourage you... Um, with a little word today, if that's okay. I, uh, and if you got questions, I'll talk to you all day about gypsies if you want to. Or I'll show you pictures. But I don't want to wear you out on that. Other than to say that First um, Corinthians one twenty seven says, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And the Lord took me and my wife to a gypsy village in Bulgaria. Because it uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I haven't been called to Wall Street. But I have been called to a little village in south southern Bulgaria called Yanatsita. And each one of you, you've got a calling on your life just like we do. Just, just as important. Just as significant. Just as in, incredible as what God's doing. And uh, just so you know, we've made all the mistakes. Everything you can do wrong, we've done it. But every now and then we see a glimmer of something that's good. We've been reading the word with the kids because for them to lie and to cheat and to steal and to kick, and it's, it's part of their survival mechanism. But no one's ever told them to love your neighbor. No one's ever taught them that it's wrong to lie or it's wrong to cheat or to knock the windows out of my building just because you want to drink of water. It's what they want. And so I want, to, I want to encourage you today to think about something that only, uh, only God can do in our lives. I got a book, if you ever get a chance, I'm, a, I'm hooked on T.L. Osborne. If you guys ever, ever get this, it's called Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. But uh, T.L. Osborne and his wife saw more people come to Jesus and more people healed than probably any couple in the world. Uh, ministered in over 70 different countries. Were missionaries in India for two years and never saw one convert and came back devastated. But then God got a hold of their lives with a, a living word. 
But I want to, I want to read you a quote from T.L. Osborne. Says you are created in God's image to share His life, love, purpose, and creative plan. Therefore, you are infinitely valuable to Him. Should I read it again? I think I should. You are created in God's image to share His love, His life, purpose, and creative plan. Therefore, you are infinitely valuable to Him. He is saying to you right now, "I love you. I created my best when I created you." I paid a price for you, and you are worth all I ever paid for you. I have destined my best for you. Now, I want to say something to you, and I want you to, to repeat it back with me. You are magnificent. I am magnificent. I want you to start understanding who you are in the body of Christ. I want you to understand that God has put a thing in you that no one else can quite understand. But when you say yes to Jesus, you are transformed. Colossians 1.13 says you are translated out of a realm of darkness into a realm of light. You're not the same person. Old things pass away. All things become new. And it says that you inside of you, is this, it's this earthen, in this earthen vessel, there is this treasure. Dust to dust and dirt to dirt and... In the hole you go. Amen? But inside of you, inside of this big dirt ball, is the living Christ. Christ lives inside of you. He has transformed you. And the power that lives inside of you is greater than anything the world has ever seen. Inside of you is more power than the Hoover Dam. It's full force. Inside of you is, is more than it takes to put the space shuttle off the ground. Inside of you is the greatness, seeds of greatness that God has planted in you. And it's your job to water those babies. And I'm here to encourage you that God's watered you in these days we live in. Look at yourself. Think about it. In fact, I'm going to read it to you. Genesis 1, 26. Can I get a light up here anyway? I love what God does. Is it from the very beginning? When Adam and Eve failed in the garden, the first thing he was thinking was how I get these kids home. How I get them back. And God said, let me make man in our image and after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl there and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God created you in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, God, God uses words that are, that are significant and important. We need to understand. But he didn't just want you to have authority, but he said you have dominion. God wants you to understand your God-given right as, as dominion over His creation. And when you understand your dominion and also your authority, you begin to see that God has sent you out to operate in authority and power in these days we live in. God needs you to see what He sees. To see the person that's dragging their leg at the market. That we can just go up and say to Him, i got an answer for this. That we understand that when we take communion... That yes, it's the blood of Jesus that takes away our sickness. But also when we take and we eat the bread and we crush it and we wind it up inside of here, that we realize that because of His stripes you are healed. That because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are saved. But also because of what He did whenever He broke His body by your stripes, He is healed. That your body was healed just as much as it was saved. And I want you to understand in these days that God wants to heal your bodies, wants to set you free. In Isaiah 60, it talks about in 61, he says, we are to set the captives free. We are to, we are to bring liberty to those people that are bound. There's a place in Scripture where Jesus looks at a woman and he says, has not Satan bound her these 18 years? Why not lose her? 
And I'm saying to you that you are little Jesuses, whether you like it or not. You are created in His image. God has sent you in these days, in this time, for you to understand that He wants to accomplish with you the same thing Jesus did. And I'm proud of you. I just want you to tell you that I see greatness in this room. And sometimes we don't feel greatness. And sometimes we don't understand what God is speaking to our lives. And that's the reason we've got to use the word to encourage ourselves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm an ambassador of Christ. And when you guys start to understand you're not just made in His image, but you also are a representative here of Him. And the same power that was inside of Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, resides inside of you. You are magnificent. You are magnificent. And every time the devil tries to tell you different, you say, liar. In Genesis 3, it talks about that whenever, as soon as it happened, he talked to the serpent, he said, I'm going to put enmity between me and thee. And you're going to bruise his heel, but he is going to bruise your his head. And I want you to understand, something for something for me to bruise his head, it means it's under my feet. The devil is defeated. He is a vanquished foe. It says, it is finished. In the Bible, it talks about when Jesus said, it is finished. He is no longer under authority over us. You have power and authority to accomplish these things in the days we live in. And God's here today to, to say to you, rise up. Rise up and become the people of God He's calling you to be. It's in these days that God's called us to, to rise up. And inside of you, inside of these earthen vessels, is this treasure. The living Christ. Emmanuel's blood. In Exodus, when they was coming out, the day before they had the Passover feast, He said that they took the blood and they put it upon the, the, the post of the door, the doorpost, to keep the destroyer away. Amen? And then they did something else. They ate the lamb. They ate the lamb. Blood of my blood and bone of my bone. You understand it was a sign of, of what was going to come, that God was already putting it in place 500 years before, that Jesus was going to come, the Messiah was going to come in these days, and He was going to set us free. By your stripes you are healed. When they ate that Passover lamb, it was a sign. It gave them strength. It's a talk about what our journey as a Christian is to be. And it says when they left, left Egypt, not one of them was sick. Not one of them. And my God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what's the difference now? We're under the new covenant. When we take communion, it talks in, in, in 1 Corinthians 11. It'll tell you there that many are sick in our midst because they, they didn't take of the, of the table. Of the, of the Lord's Supper. They took it amiss. And I want to encourage you today, when you took that, that, that God was transforming you. I want to encourage you, it says, do this as often as you can. You can do that at home. Did you know that? Me and my wife, we have to do it several times a day at home. And in Bulgaria, sometimes more. Because my wife has been fighting. Four years ago, she got breast cancer and beat that. And two years ago, we was flying out and she got this stinking stuff called pulmonary hypertension that we, we curse it at the root. And God is transforming her body. And sometimes we can't always see it. But we stand on the word that says, by your stripes, she's healed. No weapon formed against us can prosper. And we bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. We have to bring our thoughts into captivity. And I want you to bring your thoughts into captivity. Say, I am magnificent. It's hard to say, isn't it? Huh? Good. I like that. Because sometimes I've got to convince churches that they're magnificent. Sometimes I've got to tell them again and again and again and again. But there's seeds of greatness in here God wants to use. Amen? Now I want to read you Psalms 8. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling thou hast adorned, uh, ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. We have the right and the authority to steal the avenger. To stop the destroyer by the blood of Jesus, by his stripes. 
We're able to take things off when someone's walking around. I got a headache. I got somebody got any Tylenol here. We can take that thing off people. But we gotta, we gotta be willing to be fools for Christ. Cause you know what? Why we don't pray for people? It's not cause we're scared. It's because we'll wait, pray, well, it won't happen. And we'll look like fools. But my job is to believe what this thing says. My job is when I walk into a village and there's somebody there and it's impossible. It's impossible what I'm praying for. But nothing's impossible for Christ. It's impossible. But you know what? As long as I keep believing, if I keep speaking the word. And here I go, I see someone that's limping and they can't walk very good. And I see them getting a little bit better and a little bit better. You know, sometimes healings, it takes sometimes 60% of healing before you see it physically manifest. You know, Jesus even prayed for people a couple times. He said, what do you see? The guy said, I see trees. And Jesus said, wait a minute, let me hit this again. Well, if Jesus had to do that, why don't we? Anybody here ever been in a deliverance service? I walk into them pretty, pretty frequently in Bulgaria. And if I would work as hard at delivering people as I do praying for people to get healed, I'm going to tell you something. Think about it. We spend hours sometimes. But think about it. And I want you to think about when, when Jesus came, what was it that transformed the world? What was it that he did? What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than angels, hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet. Say, all things. Thanks for helping, brother. All things are under your feet. And if you'll understand that and begin to speak it out, you'll understand that the authority and power that you have is the same power that Jesus used when he was here. But we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to do things that are uncomfortable. I know a lady that raised people from the dead, and, and, and I said, tell me about it. She said, well, let me tell you, it's never, what's the word she used? It's, it's never handy, she said. It's not always in the right place at the right time. It's not always where you want it to happen. But God's faithful. Amen? Now, go with me to Matthew 10. Pastor, am I doing okay on time? Okay. I also, on the way by here, I want to talk to you a little in Jeremiah, just, just to give you this. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee and I ordain thee. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. God has ordained you, not just to touch this city, not just to touch this group of people, but God's wanting you to transform the world. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. I used to have a friend, he was from Ghana, and he would say, Brother, I believe in God to give me one million souls. And I thought, what an arrogant cuss. But you know what he was? He was a God man. Believing God for big things. Using his imagination for good things, not bad things. I want to encourage you to use your imagination. Lift in your tent pegs. Stretch out your tents and what God's calling you to do. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something that's crazy. Get on a plane. Get on a bus. Go out there and meet somebody and tell them the loving Jesus sent his, God sent his son Jesus to transform and set you free. And they'll look at you like a horse looking at a new gate. But the word, the word transforms people. The word is what changes things. And so I can't, I don't have to look at how they look at me, but I gotta believe what he's saying. I gotta believe what the word is telling me. Amen? Matthew 10. If you got your Bibles, go with me there. This is the fun stuff. And he says, And when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them the power to, against unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He didn't just tell them, Hey, I'm going to give you some power. But he gave us a definition of what he was going to do. You're going to transform the world. And when people's getting healed and people's getting saved and devils are becoming out and people's raised from the dead, the church grows. And the villages that we go into with the Muslim people, they don't care who we are. 
They don't care if I'm an American. They don't care if I got money. They don't care if I drive a nice car. But brother, when their kids are sick and they get healed, I'm going to tell you, God transforms people. He's saving Muslims by the millions all over the world. CNN's not going to tell you. But these are the days. Right now we're getting ready to... Somebody here, I hope you got a call to North Korea because the gates are opening up. Missionaries are called for in North Korea right now. Something we never dreamed of a year ago, six months ago, three months ago. But they're opening up their doors to Christianity. Bob let me see a video the other day of a guy talking about that, that the guy, the president of, of North Korea, his grandfather was part of some of the greatest revivals in North Korea. How incredible. Huh? My God always does great and mighty things. And he uses the, the, the foolish things to confound the wise. An absolute hardcore Marxist comes from a, a Christian family that was assassinated by a Japanese, uh, I don't know what he was. But that made them mad and they started following Marxism. But now for years and years, it says that they've been interceding in South Korea for this family, for God to open up the doors. And you and I are seeing it. You ever believe in 60 years that the Korean War will be over? Think of it. Think of the lives that are going to be spared because of this. We knew 15 years ago in North Korea we were sending bakeries over there through YWAM and building them. It was a secret. But there was nothing to eat. They had a million man standing army. And they was feeding it all to the, the men in, the, in service. They was digging up cadavers out of the ground and eating them. The general populace because there was nothing to eat in the country. But swing wide them heavenly gates. God is swinging them wide in these days we live in. What exciting time to be a young man or woman to live in these times. To love Jesus with all your heart. Put me on a plane. Let me smell some jet fuel. Amen? I hate to fly. I do. I'm scared spitless. I used to fly around for my job and I hated it. God, you imagine crashing for $13 an hour? Please, no. But when you get on these babies and you know that you're going to proclaim that the King of King and Lord of Lord is transforming nations, that I can set the captives free, that I can give these little boys and girls that have no hope, that nothing about them that anybody wants, but I tell them that they're loved by the King of Kings. Your daddy's taking care of you. I got this dream. I want to see gypsy kids play cellos. That's my dream. Hear that, kids? That's my dream. I believe in what God's doing in this nation. There's a hundred and some nations around the world today that if we could get in there and start affecting it as businessmen, start affecting it as teachers and educators, start seeing English as a second language, we can transform nations. These are the times. And you didn't miss it. Oh, you didn't miss it. You're here. We're not waiting on a move of God. You are the move of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now in verse 7 it says, And as you go. He didn't say if you go or might go. Or if you're thinking about going. He said as you go. He says, Preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Woo! For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave. God's a giver. He's a giver. He's always given. And you, being made in His likeness, what are you? You are givers. You're always giving. I'm setting people free. I'm there when you need me. 24-7, my phone's on for you. Glory. I love God's people. They're not nobody else in the world. You're the kind of people that when you're down, it's kicking you in the guts. You're biting people on the ear going, come on back here. I got some more for you. Amen. That's the kind of people you are. And I want to encourage you today with the call, God, that's on your life. Go with me to Luke 10, 19 and 19, I think it is. Luke. All glory. And you see, all these things that Jesus did, Jesus came for two reasons. To set us free and to heal us. Amen. And when he did that, it's verse 19, he says, and he said to them, 
Behold, Satan as, as lightning fell from heaven. I love that scripture. You know, he didn't just kick him out, he fell. You understand? That means he got a right cross, right across the, the right up there. And I saw him fall. He has no authority over us. Only thing he has is that he's able to malign the truth. But we have the truth. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Amen? And behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means can hurt you. Amen? Nothing. Nothing can by any means hurt you. I don't know about you, but I like what the Bible says. I like it whenever, whenever I say it, see myself, and I'm in a bad situation, but I hear my spirit going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I got my teeth grit and I'm going, in the name of Jesus, I ain't stopping. In the name of Jesus, I know what you've called me to do. In the name of Jesus, I see what you're doing in these days we live in. God is transforming you. Amen? Because you are unique. You are magnificent. Nobody's got your fingerprints. Nobody has your voice patterns. No one can laugh the way you laugh, and no one can reach people like you can. Nobody can reach your friends like you can. You have an ability to touch the world like nobody else does. That seed of greatness, it's inside of you. Amen? Hallelujah. Ephesians 2. I'm sorry, when I got to preach, usually I have an interpreter and I don't get to go real fast. So, uh, I'm fresh off the farm. And so you're getting her all, so I'm sorry. I hate stopping when you're preaching. And they'll say, excuse me, what did you say? And and everything just goes. It's awful. But here, here, when people's hungry and people want to hear the word, they pull it out of you. You guys are pulling it out of me now, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians. No, no. Second Ephesians 2. Come on. Oh, I love this. Let's read, let's read up here first. Ephesians 1 says... And what is the exceeding greatness of his, his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Inside of you, these greatnesses, see this power that operates inside of you is unquenchable. God is the one who, who he, 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 he just, he says, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And when you do, you take that little step, then all of a sudden you begin to run. And as you run, you begin to understand that you're not alone. God is with you. Put no confidence in flesh and blood. That's one thing I learned about being a missionary. <laughs> Only trust what God's saying. Don't trust. There's a hundred people who want to tell you what you ought to do. Amen. I want my daddy to tell me what getting ready to do. Amen. Trust what your daddy says to you. You can trust your daddy. Amen. All right. And it says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in heavenly places. Okay, let's get the picture. Resurrection comes. Jesus is transformed. He goes up to be with Jesus, up with God. Where is he? He's at the right hand of the Father. Amen? And there he is. And he's making intercession for us. It says, he is far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And every name that is named not in this world, but also in that which is to come. Every name. You are far above all principalities. He is under your foot. Do you understand? You are far above. And so when the devil tries to put sickness, disease, tear up your family, tell him your grandkids will never get saved, you tell him the blood of Jesus already defeated you at Calvary, mister. You've got no right or authority. It is finished. My granddaughter Addie's going to India. And I'm so proud. Because a year ago, she was tilting Budweiser's. Understand? God transformed her life. She don't know that she's been a product of prayer, prayer, and more prayer. And my daddy, he taught me how to do that. To believe for my family, to touch the nations, to touch the world. I used to get so upset. I'd see some family up here 
And they all got pretty hair. It's all combed back. And six kids are singing for Jesus. And I couldn't get mine even to go to church. Understand? It hurts. And I just like to punch that guy in the face. I know, that's awful, isn't it? But we're real. We're honest here. He makes me sick. What did he do I didn't do? You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm thankful for men like that. And I'm thankful for what God's doing in our lives. We didn't get there that way. Hell couldn't hold us. Understand? Hell couldn't hold us. I'm crazy, but I'm crazy with a purpose. You understand? There's a big difference. I was crazy in the world, but now I'm crazy with a purpose about what Jesus is doing. And you're the same way. You're nuts. Admit it. I'm crazy. Say it. I'm crazy about Jesus. I'm crazy about God's people. I'm crazy about seeing the things of God happen in this world. I'm crazy. Admit it. You're the kind of people I want to... You know what? There's a war going on. I want to get in the trenches with you. You understand? We ain't, we're not strangers. I've known you 25 years. We might not rub shoulders every day, but we know who each other is. Come on. You need somebody to get your back? Come on. You want me to throat punch somebody for you? Come on. I'm kidding. It was a joke. My wife's had to take me out more than, more than one little scuff over in Bulgaria this past six months, and I'm ashamed of it. You know, some kids spit on me and call me a, a dirty name, and I snatch a little switch up and I tan these little hide for him. And I shouldn't have did it. But you know what? I mean, that little boy's buddies now. Their mom and dad's quit parenting. I never read Jesus did anything like that. He turned over the tables. Yeah. Put mud in her eye. But I want, I want to encourage you. That God has equipped you in whatever circumstances he calls you into. He has equipped you. Amen. Now, here's the good part. I want you to see this. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Amen. Now, there used to be Jews and Gentiles. And the mystery of God was they disappeared and they become the church. That's what you are. You are the church. The one he's coming at back for without spot or wrinkle. He's got the iron a little harder on a few of us, isn't he? And which is his, his body, the fullness of him that filled all and in all? Filled you. Filled all. Inside of you lives this great thing, this earth and treasures inside of you. The Spirit of God. Here, do it with me. Put your hand right here. Okay? And let's say Jesus three times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ah! Couldn't you run through a troop with that? One puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. Couldn't we do that? Don't you feel that when you pray in your spirit? Ah. We got guys over, got saved in the village and nobody wanted to work with them. For three days, the only thing they could speak in was tongues. Nobody wanted to work with him. We don't understand what he's saying. I said, that's not my fault. That's not my department. Okay? When people have been estranged from God and they come back, it's magnificent. Just like it was when you was estranged from God. When you came to him, it was magnificent. You remember them days? You remember when that all swelled up inside of you and you felt like you couldn't contain it? When you saw a sunrise, you started to bawl like a baby? Them's the days. Them's the days that we live in. Now I want you to see something. Some of you in here, the devil's lied to you and cheated you out of your inheritance. And I want you to stand up and you tell him you're a liar. And I'm, I'm sanctified, set apart, justified in all that Jesus wants to do in my life. I was lost, but I'm found. God always wants to figure out a way to get the kids to come home. Just think about it. When God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he was just looking for some fellowship. And it says that, that, that he was called Adonai, the strong one. When they walked around with him in the garden, he was the strong one. And they're saying, man. But then something else happened. When they sinned, they met another part of God they didn't know. 
It says whenever they sinned and they was without covering, that God took skins and covered them. Because the glory of God had been their covering. And now when the skins covered them, God had to do something he never wanted to do. And that was to kill something that was innocent to cover them. And when he, he healed them, when he healed what happened to them and covered them and cast them out of the garden, he became, he became known as, as Adonai Jehovah. I'm the strong one that reveals myself to you. God is revealing himself to you. In the secret places, God wants you to know him. I want you to understand Him. I want you to understand how much He's called you. That the same thing it talks about in Jeremiah, you was woven together in your mother's womb. Before in your secret place, I knew you. I saw you. Think of that. Think of the destiny that's on every one of us. T.O. Osborne says, how can you despise something I paid so much to redeem? I used to look at these kids on the street. A lot of my, my granddaughter works with off the Appalachian Trail. And I said, why don't you cut your hair, get a job, and act like a normal human being? But you know what? I didn't have love in my heart when I was saying that stuff. And T.O. Osborne kicked me right in the hind part. And he says, man, how do I despise something that you paid so much for? Help me, God. Help me, God. And every one of them is made in his image. That's the other part that just blows me away. I think, God, you really look like that? Some ways he does. Imagine, you're made fearfully and wonderfully in his image. Now listen, verse 2, verse 1, it says, And he has quickened, and you have he quickened who were dead in your trespasses. When we was walking out there in the world, doing all the things we wanted to do, we didn't know who we was, all of a sudden, He quickened unto you. Your heart starts to beating. You remember that day? Just as I am. Oh, no, not tonight. Please, not that. Not please. No. Turn that song off. I don't want to do this. But you was like, you was in zombie land. It's like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. You remember? Come on. You guys are real in here. You remember what it was when you come to Jesus? You was snotting and crying and begging God to forgive you, and He'd already done it. He had already done it for you. Glory. Wherein in past times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We see Him working in people's lives out there. But those people out there are not our enemies. They are potential brothers and sisters in the Lord. And it's our job to go into the byways and the highways of this world, in the nations of the world, and tell them that there's, there's an answer to your problems. There's answers to what's going on in your life. That you can be transformed out of that realm of darkness into a realm of light and become a son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. He no longer calls us slaves, but he calls us sons and daughters. Amen. I'm a son and daughter of God. I'm a priest and a king, and I reign and rule on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did I learn that? This right here. Amen. This is the truth. It's not true. It's truth. And the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Here we go. I need a drum roll. But God, who in his rich mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sin, has quickened us together with Christ. While you were yet dead, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. What kind of love is that? What kind of God is that that loves before we even, even come to him? It's the gift. God wants us to have that gift of eternal life. But here it comes. Here's a drum roll. But God. But God. Every one of us in here, I'd be saying, but God, but God, but God. Where would I be? But God transformed my life. Where would you all be tonight or today if you hadn't said yes to Jesus? I'd have never knew any of you if I hadn't said yes to Jesus. I never would have, would have come to him and said, no, I would have never knew anybody. I would have never knew a gypsy in Bulgaria if I hadn't said yes to Jesus. And think about where you are today. Every one of you. God has transformed and transfixed his eyes on you to get you to this point and place in your life so he can accomplish great and mighty things in you because you are magnificent. Because you have this seed of greatness inside of you. Glory. And then verse 6. I'm going to finish up here real quick. It says, he has raised us up together. 
and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are we? Uh huh. We are far above all principalities and powers in this world. And we sit on the right hand of God, an authority. I want to give you dominion and power over all things. Not just authority. He said, I want you to have dominion. You have dominion over spirits. You have dominion over sickness. You have dominion over the things of the earth. You have dominion over storms. Why could Jesus say to the storm, be calm, be still, peace? you got the same authority. But you don't believe it yet. He does. Amen. See, I love it whenever I ask the right question and you answer the right answer. You know, sometimes you've got to dig people a little bit to get them to say what they're really saying. Amen? But you are magnificent. It's hard. You've got to say it. You've got to mean it. When I walked around the world, I walked around like this. Because most of the time I was drunk or high. And I didn't have, I didn't know what, I didn't know, I was lost. But a police officer led me to Christ alongside the road. My sister had a baby that drowned. And I was lost. And this man said to me, you don't need them big old Budweiser's. They was the big boys. I hated dumping them out at the time. But he said to me, he said, boy, you need Jesus. You can't get through this by yourself. And I couldn't. I love people that, even in their jobs, they're being Jesus. That's the kind of people you are. I know it. I sense it. And he has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This treasure inside of you, these earthen vessels, but this treasure inside of you is Jesus. This treasure inside of you can accomplish all things. I can jump over a troop. Amen? i got to tell you, I love this. You guys are like an A1 Abrams tank. You ever read anything about these things? They go 60 mile an hour over open ground. They have a gyroscope that allows them to shoot on the run, to hit anything the size of a bucket two miles away as, it, as it's going. And you, you are made with so much more and so much more power than you realize. And God wants you to walk in that authority and power. He wants to see you walk down the street and go, devil, you loose that woman in the name of Jesus. You set that little boy free. Why is there leukemia hospitals for kids in this country? The church needs to rise up. I know that sounds radical and stupid, but I'm sorry. I told you I was a little crazy. I am. I'm crazy about what Jesus does in people's lives. The greatest miracle I ever saw was the drunk of the town, because it was slobbering drunk every day, got saved. That was a bigger miracle than see someone's leg grow out to me. Because I knew Rocco. I knew what Rocco's life was like. I knew what he struggled with. To see Rocco in worship and praising his hands and, and worshiping God. That's the greatest miracle ever. And you know, sometimes we see them big old chicken trucks going down the road with all them dead chickens in it. They're going, where are they going? They're on death row. You know what I mean? And sometimes I think about the world. I think about that world being just like a big old crate of chickens. That we know what their destiny is. We know where they're going. And I see people that are lost and dying and going to hell. And I have the answer. I have this truth serum. I have the antidote to the problems of the world. God, help me to die to myself and live for Christ. Help me to see other people transformed in this world we live in. Hallelujah. I got one other thing I got to read to you, and I'm done. Am I, I going too far? Oh. Again, this is T.O. Osborne. You know... You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's already made. Amen. And I want you to open your spirits and listen to what God wants to say to you here today. Because God told me he was going to do something. I have no idea what it is. But that's what my daddy's always busy. 
Always busy working in people's lives. God made nothing inferior. He is first class all the way. He created you unique. You are exceptional. One of a kind. I'm going to let these sink in a little bit, okay? Before you were born, you existed in God's mind. He knew this world would need you at this time. He planned you with a special purpose that no one but you could fulfill because no one on earth could do what you are here to do. No one else can do what you're here to do. Your God-given value does not depend on special genes from superior parents. Your worth before God is not measured by your assets, the color of your skin, your super intelligence, or your formal education. Say glory. All sorts of miracles start happening when you discover and accept your value and your potential. Huh? The Bible says you are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10. It's true. Made in His image. The man who wrote most of the Psalms was wonderstruck by God, how God made a human person. The Lord made them a little lower than God and crowned him with glory and honor. A little lower. The Lord gave them dominion over the works of his hands. He put all things under their feet. Everybody say all things. So next time you come up with a big problem, somebody's sick in your family, something don't seem fair, you say, I have all things. All things are under my feet. The bottom line of positive, stable self-esteem is when you can say, I accept the value that God has put on me. Just think if the church was walking around accepting the value that God had put on them. Magnificent you are. When you do that, you will, will then cooperate with God to develop the best possible you in the world. Self-value will rid you of all jealousy because you never again want to be anyone else. Oh, hallelujah. Self-value will wipe out inferiority because you're in God's class of being. You're in God's class of being. Think of this. And he in you is greater than any person or any power outside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Self-value will eliminate fear of failure or defeat because nothing can stop you and God working together. Me and God are successful because I can't fail with a partner like God. I don't care what you think. I care what the Word says. Amen? And I'm not being arrogant. I'm not. But man, when I start believing, you know, the Word will tell you, they'll try to put their foot right there on your neck and just keep holding you there, especially when you're struggling. Especially when things ain't going real good. Especially when you messed up a little bit and you don't really ought to be. And he just keeps squeezing his foot on your neck. Not God. He says, you're, you're, he says every morning your mercies are new. Every morning you start get up and start speaking in tongues and nothing's the same. He puts everything in a sea of forgetfulness. He don't remember the mess ups yesterday. Only the devil will remind you of that. Amen. You're new every morning. Self-value will eliminate the fear of failure or defeat because nothing can stop you and God working together. Say, nothing can stop me and God working together. Hallelujah. Self-value will give you courage because you discover with God at work in you, you become indomitable. A1 Abram's tank. Unstoppable for the kingdom. Sometimes you've got to say that. Tankity tank, tankity tank. You got to say that to yourself. Amen. Sometimes I ain't doing so good in the mornings, and I got to start going, ha ha, ha 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 ha, ha 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 ha, ha. I'm free, devil. You can't hold me down. I'm indomitable in the kingdom. And know why I know that? For the Bible tells me so. Amen. Self-value will cause you to stand up tall, square your shoulders, to look out on the future with new confidence, to walk with a steady stride, and to rise to the level of importance to which God created you. Hallelujah. When I used to walk around, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Bless God. That's all I am. That ain't true. I am the righteousness of God. When I walk into a room, I change the atmosphere. 
Not because of me, but because this big dirt ball has this thing inside of me, this earth and treasure that's transforming the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God created the human person as much like himself as any child can be like his natural parents. Oh, glory. I look like my daddy. God planned that whatever could be said about him could be said about you. You have the seeds of greatness inside of you because your daddy said so. God never planned you or me for poverty, inferiority, sickness, depression, want, or insecurity. He never planned none of that for us. We just talked ourselves into it. Ouch. Light bulb. God never created anything inferior. Not you, not any human person. Not the witch doctor hanging out in the mud huts in Africa. Not the guy on Wall Street. All of them made in his image with divine seeds of greatness inside of them. But we've got to set the captives free. Pray for us to set these captives free in these villages, these little kids. They're so precious and so able and so capable, and no one gives them a chance. I want to see gypsy kids play cellos. God's family is supposed to represent and reflect his lifestyle on earth. Amen. Recognize your value. When you do, you cause the seeds of greatness to germinate in you. Recognize your value. When you walk into the room, transform it. Nobody wants to see somebody going, bless God, I'm a Christian. My life's terrible. I got six different diseases. I even got a big wart there on the back of my back I can't even reach. We act like that sometimes. Come on. The world wants to see what we are. He wants to see that our self-esteem is in Christ. Not in what we did. Not in what we did with our kingdom. I'm an utter failure in Bulgaria. But my daddy, my daddy is absolutely in charge. I built greenhouses thinking we was going to set the world on fire. Some days I'm going, oh God, what have I done? We just planted 4,500 tomato plants the day before yesterday. With the hope, with believing that it's going to transform a village someday. Keep those seeds watered by thinking on them and reaffirming your value and your attitude and your conduct are transformed. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. I know it's written down, but I tell you, it's good. It's good. He says, I want you to say it with me. I recognize my value. All right. Can we use our big boy and girl's voices inside today? Okay. I recognize my value. That you created in me. Your own image and likeness. Whatever can be said about you can be said about me. As your offspring. My life is your very breath. Your life in human form. Your best material is in me. I am the product of love. I am created for greatness, crowned with glory and honor, to have the dominion over all your works, all of them. Thank you, Lord. I have a rebirth of self-worth, knowing that I am created in your image and likeness. And reminds me of my divine origin. Of my high purpose. 
of my infinite value. I shall never again depreciate the me that you value so much. You talk nice about yourself. I mean it. You be gentle with you. Because when you do that, the enemy listens. And he'll start saying, does that look too big on me? (laughs) You know it does. The Lord wants you to understand that he is, for, for these times, in this world that we live in right now, that we... We are it in these days. I'm going to tell you one, one, one little thing, that, and I just learned it. This isn't like I'm, I'm not trained in, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not trained in this, okay? This is just me. When, when Noah made the ark, and he put the boards on, right? Well, the next thing he says was, and pitch it in and out. Well, that same word pitch means atonement. That it was the pitch that saved them. A type of Christ. Because without that pitch, then boards wouldn't have been a bit good. It would have been a boat. But it wouldn't have went nowhere. It's the atonement. This love letter written all through the Bible to you. About he was going to bring the kids home. Amen. I shall never again put down what you have lifted up. I am not a nobody. I'm a real somebody. Glory. Now, Pastor, um, I'm going to ask you first if it's okay. Um, I like to pray for some people. And uh, anybody here that's, that's feeling like you want to embrace what God's doing here today, because this, this isn't me. This is, this is God talking to you. Okay. If you want to learn something about something, preach about it. So you'll feel like realize how much you don't know nothing about it. Amen. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for whatever it is that God's doing in your lives. And I want to say yes and amen to it. I want to encourage you. You're not a failure. You are somebody in the kingdom. And there's places places that you can go that I can't go. There's somebody here God's calling you to mission field. There's somebody here God's calling you to start a ministry. There's people here calling you just to be a better granny. Amen? And that's just as important on the scale of significance in life. Some of you is here, God just wants to let you see. He wants you to fly. And be all that God's calling you to be. And forget about yesterday, will you? Yesterday's the devil's day. Today's God's day. Amen.